Dalai Lama said, Right from the moment of our birth, we are under the care and kindness of our parents, and then later in our life, when we are oppressed by sickness and become old, we are again dependent upon the kindness of others. Since at the beginning and the end of our lives, we are so dependent on others' kindness, how can it be that in the middle we neglect kindness toward others? Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with and making your stories work for you. Power serves you best when you know how to use it. Last week, I told you about floating down the San Juan River and how the people and experience in our lives become touchstones of meaning and milestones for us. This week, we'll talk about why kindness is more important than ever and how we create our own mystery story. In the timeline of the history of the world, our day is unlike any other. The speed at which we communicate and transact business is instantaneous compared with past forms of communication that ranged from only being able to communicate with someone that was directly in front of you, to courier by horse or pigeon, which could take weeks or months depending on how far away the communication was being sent, to telegraphs, to home phones, sitting in front of a large home radio, a large television or computer, and eventually the internet, smaller computers, and the crazy small devices that we can carry with us everywhere now. This, of course, leaves out the eras taken to develop symbols and alphabets in the first place to be able to communicate outside of pictographs and petroglyphs. It's been a long road. We are so connected now with so many people that the common person with a cell phone has a monumental voice to tell their stories to the entire online world with a reach completely unprecedented. Social media has given rise to the voice of the masses, to anyone who wants to speak. There is no more silence, no more getting permission, no more waiting for the powers that be to approve what the masses know. Today, with a cell phone and a computer, you are your own publisher, your own promoter. You can be connected to almost anyone, almost anywhere, even someone on the other side of the world. So here's the irony. This is also the time the Huffington Post called the Age of Loneliness. There are lots of reports and articles written on this subject, how we don't like to admit we're lonely because it's a stigma associated with losers and loners, how the local community once revered and honored as a place where people knew and supported one another, has become instead often a place where everyone is disconnected because they're so busy moving fast or tapping in virtually to people they will never see. There are numerous reasons our society has become disconnected, all while appearing to be more connected than ever. But without this sense of community and personal connectedness, we are often left feeling lonely and lost. Our stories have more moments where we stand in a crowd and feel completely alone, I've felt this more times than I've tracked. 
The other day I was listening to a podcast and the speaker pointed out research that showed that when we leave our cell phones on the table during lunch or during a conversation, that people will not delve into deep discussions. Conversation stays on a surface level because all participants know that they can be interrupted at any time, and sharing on deep personal levels is a vulnerable and personal space that requires one's full attention. This is just one example of the many, many ways that technology creates a lack of connection. So why am I talking about our disconnection, our loneliness, our lack of community? Not because I think we should throw all our phones away or disconnect our internet, but because there are little things we can do every day to change the disconnect, one act at a time, one generated story plot at a time. Gandhi said, The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Thomas S. Monson, prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, said, The Savior taught his disciples, For whoso will save his life shall lose it, but whoso will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. He was quoting from Luke 9.24. And he goes on to say, I believe the Savior is telling us that unless we lose ourselves in service to others, There is little purpose to our own lives. Those who live only for themselves eventually shrivel up and figuratively lose their lives, while those who lose themselves in service to others grow and flourish and, in effect, save their lives. Or in other words, to write the best possible life story where the hero's life is saved in the end, that hero's journey is going to need to be filled with a lot of looking outward, with kindness, with service, with moments of creating goodness for the sake of another. This is what makes the hero and apparently saves his life in the end. Did you know that Random Act of Kindness Week is coming February 12th through the 18th? Neither did I. But I found the countdown clock and it's drawing nearer with each passing second. On randomactsofkindness.org, They have lesson plans and calendars with random acts of kindness ideas for every day of the year. They are the Random Acts of Kindness Foundation. Who knew there was such a thing? But thank God there are people who are out there wanting to pour kindness into the world. Are you one of them? I remember the first time I heard about random acts of kindness as a thing. It was in the 80s and someone had gone around putting quarters in parking meters so folks wouldn't get parking tickets. What a great idea, I thought. So simple, so fun. It was a really big wow factor. I'd never heard of any such thing. It was an aha moment. Since then, I've grown to really like Random Acts of Kindness because it's become a bit of a game where the results are unknown. I pay for the guy behind me in the drive-thru. I have no idea how it will affect him. But I can bet, at the very least, he's going to feel a little warm and fuzzy. And that's going to translate into better thoughts and actions on his part. Maybe he's had a hard day at work and he's tired and grumpy. Maybe my $10 secret donation will change how he interacts with his wife and kids when he gets home. Maybe he'll pass it on by doing something nice for someone else. Maybe he was down to his last $10 before payday. No way of knowing any of this, but you can bet that it's adding joy to the world and you get to imagine what your butterfly effect might be. On the About Us page on randomactsofkindness.org, it says, We know how important kindness is because we've all felt how important it is. But that's not the only reason we know. 
Scientific studies have shown that random acts of kindness are good for you. They improve your life satisfaction by increasing your sense of belonging and self-worth. And they improve your health by decreasing your anxiety, depression, and blood pressure. And here's the best part. These benefits apply to the giver of kindness, the recipient of kindness, and anyone who witnesses the act. Every act improves the lives of at least three people. Looking beyond oneself is sometimes not the first thing that comes to mind. When things are going well for us, we are often caught up in doing what we want. When we hit hard times, it's usually not even on our radar because when we're suffering, we're in a space of self-involvement. We hurt, so we focus on ourselves. And what we can do to relieve pain, our own pain. Ironically, sometimes, in fact quite often, the best medicine is to look outward, to quit thinking about ourselves, and to focus on others. It has a high success rate for getting us out of our own heads. And it's exactly what Gandhi and Christ were talking about. I have another quote on my fridge from John Wesley. It says, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Even reading this quote makes me happy because the idea is a simple thought that breaks through any barriers or excuses why kindness shouldn't be the response to any given situation. Every time I read it, I smile, I get clear, and I think about what kindness I can show. I've been trying over the past three or four months to really focus on random acts of kindness, and sometimes it's really hard to find one. So I changed it to just acts of kindness. They didn't have to be random. That was a little easier. And then my son proffered the idea that nothing is random, according to his Vsauce research. So we called it unplanned acts of kindness. But then I started feeling like in order to count them that they needed to be a kindness we wouldn't usually do, and things like smiles and holding doors are things we would usually do. So it got more complicated and more complicated. When we'd had a hard day of finding random or unplanned acts of kindness, we began reporting back on simple things like going out of our way to have a more involved conversation with the checkout lady at the grocery store, or rushing to fill one another's glasses at the dinner table so we could count that as an act of kindness. Suffice it to say, we are a work in progress. But what I think matters most is that we pay enough attention every day to being just a little kinder and looking for that opportunity to add something kind to the world. It probably doesn't matter what you name it, how big it is, or what it looks like. What matters is the way of living that it generates. A space of looking outward, of staying aware of who needs help, a habit of being thoughtful. Now I'm not saying I'm remembering every day. I'm not. I keep a little list on my phone so I can get excited when I look back and see all the good I've done but also so I can track when I lose a week or two because I haven't been paying attention. Like any good habit, it takes practice. I think the key is like Rudyard Kipling said, delight in the little things. Realize that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. Don't let the idea of random acts of kindness overwhelm. One day I was walking my dog and I found a man trying to transfer a bunch of Halloween balloons from his car into a church. Instead, The balloons were blowing across the church lawn, dancing and popping. I helped him round up the strays and secure them in the church. On another day, when I was walking the dog again, there was a young man trying to stuff armfuls of raked leaves into a garbage bag he had hanging from a tree. 
He couldn't get the bag to stay open, and the leaf just landed at his feet, all his hard work undone. I had the opportunity to hold this bag for him. It was a simple five minutes. I didn't have to even create it. I just had to be present and take the opportunity. There are probably more of those around us than we realize once we start paying attention. I'm just trying to pay attention. As I mentioned earlier, I often have a difficult time finding random acts of kindness ideas. So when I found Brad Aronson's 102 random act of kindness suggestions on his webpage, I stole some of them to add to my own list. Feel free to adapt any of these so they work in your world. Here's a dozen ideas to get you started. Number one, take a few minutes to support a young person's dream. Find a youth in your circle of family and friends and talk with them about what they want to do. Empower and believe in them. Number two, create a holiday to celebrate someone you love. Brad created a Mia Appreciation Day for his wife. Your appreciation day can be as simple as declaring the date of the holiday and writing a note. Number three, Put paper hearts or smiley faces in a box. On each cutout, write something that is special about your lover or a good friend. Give them the box and tell them to pull out a heart or smiley face anytime they get lonely or want to pick me up. Number four, find opportunities to give compliments. It costs nothing, takes no time, and could make someone's entire day. Don't just think about it, say it. Today at work, an older gentleman walked up to me and said, I'm too old to be hitting on you, but you look great today. I love that sweater. What an unexpected and appreciated comment that was for me. Number five, share overheard compliments. Last week, someone told me how impressed they were with one of my sons. I went home and shared this compliment with him. Number six, start a habit of writing a short note of appreciation every morning when you open your inbox. Send it before you get started on your day. Number seven, I make up Ziploc baggies of snacks to give to homeless people if I run across them during my time downtown. Number eight, make a phone call to someone you need to love bomb and just tell them how much you love them. You'd be surprised how fabulous this goes over and it ends up being a lot easier than you think. Number nine, one day I had a library fine and when I ran out to my car to get my wallet, someone paid it for me. It was all very secret. Number 10, really listen, not talk, just listen. Number 11, pick up a thoughtful but small gift for someone you see daily, but for whom this action would be an unexpected treat. Just a favorite candy bar or some small item that reminds you of them, like their favorite drink. And number 12, forgive a debt of someone who owes you. Maybe you paid for Jenny's lunch and she promised to pay you back. When she tries, just let her know it was a gift. Once you get started on this wonderful game, it can get exciting. Often when you do an act of kindness to someone, they're inspired to pay it forward. What is your kindness creating in the world? It's exciting to think about because you can't know the specifics. It's wonderful to imagine the effect that one act can set into motion. The stone thrown into the pond. The domino tipped into the domino line. But you can't really know what story you are writing. What you can know is that you are becoming a person who lives with more kindness, a person who creates kindness, a person who might just touch a lonely soul that was feeling desperately disconnected in a culture where far too many of us are lonely. One day, as I paid for the man's dinner behind me in the Taco Bell drive-thru, 
a chalupa is one of my fast food indulgences. I realized that the attendant to whom I gave the money could just pocket it and no one would know the difference. When I brought this up to my coach, with whom I was reporting my random acts of kindness, she said, You know, Lori, even if the attendant pocketed the money, you put the intent in the world to create a kindness. You affected the attendant. You put kindness into action. It doesn't have to turn out the way you plan, but your intent, your energy, your giving has gone out into the world. This made me feel a little better about the idea that I couldn't control all aspects of the game. In fact, it added a whole dimension to the idea that we cannot know what events a random act of kindness puts into motion. Kindness is a way of being, a mysterious game of fun and giving, one small effort to combat the age of loneliness. However you look at it, unplanned, random, or planned and completely unrandom acts of kindness, there's not really a downside. It's like writing a mystery novel and you will never know all the details of the story, but you will be the force for good. This week's challenge, yep, you guessed it. Try to find an act of kindness every day this week and see if you can't start a new habit. Log in to our website, www.loveyourstorypodcast.com, and share with us what you did and what stories you created in the process. We'd love to hear about it. Have fun creating your stories, and we'll see you next Wednesday on the next episode of the Love Your Story Podcast. Thank you.